I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in to the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Kramer, Scopel Jared back on the show. Welcome to another edition of the Autzen Audibles podcast, where we're getting you ready to go for the college football season and the Oregon Ducks opening up fall camp. Uh, no, unof- no official date yet, but the unofficial date, as Eric said yesterday on the pod, August 5th is what it's looking like it's going to be for Oregon. Pac-12 media day just a couple days away uh, in Los Angeles on the 29th. We'll have – that's where the break is going to be in the podcast schedule. We'll pause our previews, and instead we'll discuss everything that we learned and saw at Pac-12 media day um, for that podcast. But – until then, we're going to talk about running backs. And, guys, this is one in which that for four years, all we have known out of Oregon for running back is essentially C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye. And for the first time in four years, we will not hear either name. Uh, Verdell is off to the NFL. He went undrafted. Um, and Travis Dye is executing his um, fifth year of eligibility that the NCAA gave all players during the 2020 season. And instead, he will be playing at USC closer to home. That in of itself could be a podcast, which we did uh, earlier in the year. But I don't think we need to dive too much into that decision. It's it's been talked about at at length already. But it's a new era for Oregon football. It's going to feel weird not seeing either of those guys in a football game playing for the University of Oregon. And the Ducks have, I think, a plethora of options – at, at this position group um, who could emerge as the starter. And quite honestly, maybe it's a, it's a running back by committee approach. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's, I think the, the, you know, the doors open to a lot of opportunities. And I think what makes this really hard to gauge in terms of making a prediction is we saw Byron Cardwell for like half a season played mm-hmm. really well. Sean dollars. We haven't seen play at Oregon since what the Pac-12 championship game in 2020 because he missed the subsequent season all of all of the previous fall camp obviously he was back for spring looked fine but we haven't seen him in game action in a really long time um no Whittington we haven't seen any game action at Oregon Marquise Irving no game action at Oregon and Jordan James no game action at Oregon those are the three incoming guys so you've got five running backs on the roster I think they played a combined like nine games in the last calendar year at Oregon, Cardwell ran for like 420 yards, averaged seven yards per carry, had some really had some really nice moments, you know, against Washington and Colorado. And it was actually pretty quiet. I think if you go back and look at it against Oregon State and you in both the Utah games in the bowl game, didn't do a whole lot there. I know obviously they're trying to feature Travis in those games and see was kind of finishing his time at Oregon, but I think it's really hard to kind of have too much of a leaning here. Um, I think the popular kind of angle or the popular choice online has been Byron because of the moments he had in those games. Uh, not to go all the Corso here, but like, I think kind of hold off on anointing him the like surefire starter 
and we might I might have a totally different feeling on things in about two weeks. But I don't know if I've said on this podcast, but I know I posted on on DuckTerritory.com a couple of times of like I, I've spoken to a couple of people who think this is not a clear cut. Byron Cardwell is the starter for sure. That people point to the fact that Noah Whittington and Carlos Lachlan have a really good working relationship, and that Whittington is really talented and probably being a little bit overlooked because he went to you know started a smaller school. You go back and watch some of the tape there. It's not like jump off the screen, man, he's amazing. But it's also the scheme that they were in there at Western Kentucky where they just like, didn't run the football. And so he's entering a situation oh, yeah. where I think some of his skill set maybe gets highlighted a little bit better here. Um, I've talked about it before as well. Bucky Irving, or I've, I called the Marquise earlier, but Bucky I think is what he'll go by primarily at Minnesota had a much better, at least statistically true freshman season and what Byron Cardwell did. And both those players, it's kind of funny. Those guys had like identical freshman years. Both came in um, almost identically rated as recruits. I think Cardwell was one running back uh, spot rated higher than Irving on the running back list. These guys were basically seen as equals as recruits. Both of them had the top running back on the team knocked out with a knee injury in non-conference play. Um, or conference play, I guess, is that first half against Stanford for, for Verdell. Um, and then went on to have really – pretty solid and impressive seasons. And I think a lot of people at both of those schools felt like this was the next big guy and Irving decided to leave and came to Oregon. And now he's here and dollars is somebody I'm also still really high on. And so Jordan James's tape is great. I mean, I, I think that's the thing. It's kind of exciting. And, and we talk about, you know, like how are we projecting this? I really don't know. And I think, I think that needs to be the mentality going into fall is like, I think we talked about on, on our previous show about quarterback, about how we kind of at the inkling that it's going to be Bo Nix. I have, Probably, I have less confidence where this is at at running back. And I think the listeners probably feel like it's going to be a Byron Cardwell. I, I would just hold off on feeling like that's a sure thing. I think he's going to play a ton. He might be the starter. He might run for 1,200 yards and be awesome. I also think there's a world where he's, you know, splitting carries primarily and somebody else is maybe the primary back. I, I just think it's a really talented room with a lot of good players and none of them have a ton of experience. And we haven't really seen any of them play at Oregon in, in massive, massive doses. So, um, I think it's going to be a really interesting fall, and I'm really curious to see what this running back room looks like. I'm also just really confident whoever ends up winning the job is, is going to be really good. I think I went way too long for that portion of the podcast, so I apologize. I through everyone on the roster. I apologize. You did. You did. Um, I'll, try to, I'll try to think of something. So uh, before this, I was thinking this is probably my, I don't know, how to, um, most intriguing position group on the entire team. Um, cause you have four dudes who I think could all start. And then you have Jordan James, who I think could start in a year or two. Um, cause he's a very promising looking prospect. So is Dante Dowdell, a class of 2023 running back. Um, I think there's just so much talent in this room. Um, I was pretty inclined to believe that Byron Cardwell would be the full-time starter going into spring camp when Oregon had, I think three scholarship running backs on the team. And that was only after a very, 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 very late addition of Noah Whittington to the program. Um, now they have four dudes who could legitimately all start, I think. Um, Cardwell and Dollars are obviously the returnees, but like Eric has gone through, Cardwell doesn't have a lot of experience. Now that it's Dollars, Dollars hasn't played in a real game in like two almost, or well, a year and a half, closing in on two years at this point. Um, Marquise Irving ran for almost, I think it was 700 yards last season at Minnesota. He's actually the leading rusher of this entire group, but you know, 699 yards, I believe it is. Yeah. yeah exactly. Just a hair. Yeah. 699 yards. 
um, that's leading the way. So there's not a lot of experience to go around. Um, like Eric mentioned, Noah Whittington is coming from Western Kentucky, where they literally only pass the ball. Um, their quarterback, Bailey Zappi, who was a fourth-round pick of the New England Patriots this last draft, um, threw for nearly 6,000 yards and 62 touchdowns, so they were not running the football. Um, what I really do enjoy about this running back room is how versatile it is because Whittington is clearly a pass-catching running back. Don't get me wrong. He can certainly get his way on the ground. He did so with like a 40-yard run in the spring game. Um, certainly has breakaway speed. I think he had a 78-yard touchdown in, in Western Kentucky's bowl game. Um, but he's a guy who understands how to pass block because of their past offense. They only threw the ball. So if this guy's on the field, he has to be able to pass or pass block. Um, I really like Whittington overall. Um, we haven't seen Bucky Irving play Marquise Irving. I'm really excited to watch that. Irving is actually another guy who could pass the ball out of back or catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, eight receptions for 73 yards last season at, at Minnesota. Um, I think he's a really undervalued pickup for the Ducks. And, you know, bringing it back to Jordan James, we'll see what he looks like. I'm intrigued. Um, but this went from a room where it seemed like they were really suddenly depleted. You know, like Matt had mentioned before, all, all Oregon fans had known for the past four years is C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye. Once those guys left, um, it really was a big question mark. And while there is still a question mark of who's going to become the heir apparent to one of those guys or become their new this new generation of running back for the Oregon Ducks. Um, compared to going into spring camp with two scholarship running backs and then Aaron Smith as a third string as a walk-on. Now, no disrespect to Aaron Smith. It's a pretty good walk-on. Um, this is a phenomenal situation for the Ducks. I think they have their pick of the litter of who could potentially be their number one guy. Um, and with how this coaching staff has orchestrated themselves during spring camp, I do believe it'll be a, a real-time competition. I know Whittington is the Western Kentucky guy, but um, I think this will be a real competition between these four, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm very intrigued to see who takes away the starting role. Um, I'm happy Jared brought up the fact that it was basically two guys on scholarship in spring football and, and Aaron Smith and maybe one other guy because they've just updated the, the roster while we're recording this podcast. And I don't know if you guys looked at it or not, but I'm, I'm scrolling. We kind of saw some of this start to happen during the off season with the additions of, of transfers and, and what have you. Um, Cause when Dan Lanning got the job and we found out that Travis Dye wasn't coming back to school at Oregon, the running back room, like Jared said, kind of looked bleak. There weren't a lot of options. There wasn't a lot of depth. And now going into fall camp, when you include the walk-ons with the scholarship players, I don't recall a running back room this big in a long time at Oregon. Can you guys quickly guess without looking, if you haven't, how many guys are on roster at the running back position? Nine. I think it's 10. Neither of you are right. You're under. It's 11. I I I, uh, I wasn't tallying it, but I knew it was I was I was I felt like it was a lot because I was just yeah. scrolling through there. There's a ton of walk-ons as well. Yes, yeah. they have they have completely revamped this room with with scholarship guys and with walk-ons. And to me, I just I just wonder like are they 
are they going to the mold where it was at Georgia or where it was at Alabama before Lanning was with the Bulldogs, where it's truly a, a three or a four man group every game at that position. It's just a consistent rotation and they ride, the, they, they ride the true hot hand. I, I think that's not crazy to expect at all. Um, you know, and, and even at Oregon, we've seen it be, it's kind of been, well, under Mario Cristobal was basically two running backs and a, and a third running back who was like goal line. I don't yeah. think we'll see a specific goal. I don't know if there is like a goal line runner on this team. Like somebody who you look at, like si- there's no Cyrus CBB Likio where it's like, okay, he's really effective, like in short yardage or goal line situations, but I don't want to be too critical of Cyrus because I thought he was actually probably a bit more than he was utilized, but he was utilized in a role where it's like he just did basically one thing. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's plenty of versatility amongst the other guys to be used used in a lot of different ways. And um, I, I think if you're talking about things that, you know, I think Matt did a good job of kind of running down how this is revamped and what the fact that you now have the opportunity to be really uh, multiple and how many you use and utilize a lot of different personnel packages. I'm not going to be surprised at all if, if it is four guys who throughout the season are playing a ton and even Jordan James might play more than we expect. I, I think he'll probably try to use a redshirt year if you can just to split up the classes. He might be too good where that's not an option. Who knows? We'll see what we'll better idea on that in just about a week's time when, when we start fall camp. Um, I think the other thing <clears throat> that, that I'm really curious about is just how will the running back position be utilized in the passing game? I know Jared touched on a little bit earlier about how some of these guys are capable as pass catchers. Um, and kind of like, a, you know, because I, I do think that'll be a component of the offense based upon what Dillingham has done previously. And then the other part is like, could we see some seven McGee in the backfield, yeah. with some double running back sets where he's obviously primarily going to be a receiver, but can we see some sort of that bleeding over here? Because I know, I know the thing that's been talked about ad nauseum since Kenny took over was we want to get our, you know, our skill guys in the open field. We want to give them opportunities to, thrive and and uh you know basically win one-on-one battles i think there's a lot of ways to get creative in doing that on rundowns but also on passing downs and i'll just be kind of curious to see what sort of the kind of how how they maximize some of the talent on this roster because i think there are as jared said differing skill sets there are guys that are probably better in some i i also said earlier it's not like necessarily a, a power back but I do think there are guys you would like to utilize in different situations. And I'll be kind of curious to see how that comes together. Um, and I guess just the last thought here is like, I could see a scenario where you've got two or three guys in the 700 to 900 yard range, but could we have a year where we don't have a thousand yard rusher? Is that possible to you guys? Cause I'd have to go back and look, I think it was, was it 2016? I think it was 16 or 15 where they didn't have a, well, no, no, it couldn't have been that. No, it was whatever the year where Freeman got hurt. Was that 15? There was a yeah. year where Oregon didn't have a 1,000-yard rusher, and it ended like a 20-plus-year run of 1,000-yard rushers. And maybe Oregon will play in so many games that they'll get there. But I guess I just am curious if it's possible we see. I think it's really possible. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I think it's a, a, a very I – w- I don't want to say it's like the odds-on favorite item, but I think it's close to 50-50 for me. Um, where we don't see a thousand yard rusher, and if we do see one, it might be by the skin of its teeth of you know 1,020 yards or something that happens in a bowl game. Um, and maybe you know, I just 
I, I'm expecting going into this that we're going to see three guys all with 75 or more carries on the season. Was it 2017 or 2018 when Royce Freeman got hurt? Because I thought that was against Cal, was it not? I'm, I'm finding it one second here. But keep, you guys still yeah, Freeman was on the team in, in 17. That was Willie Taggart's year. I don't remember him getting hurt his senior year, but I could be – Mistake. I think it was 17 against Cal because that was the game where everybody got hurt. Him, Herbert, and then us. Uh, yeah, but I think but he anyway. came back. I, I, yeah. I, I thought there was a year where Tony Brooks James was like leading Russia with like 980 or like they both had like 900 something yards. I'll yeah. figure this out. We might look really stupid when it ends up that this never happened and they've always had a doubt. <laughs> Um, I'm scrolling. I don't think I don't think we'll look stupid at the end of this season because I think it's certainly a real, real, real possibility that Oregon doesn't have a thousand yard rusher. Um, and that won't be for lack of talent. Again, I really think this room is very talented. I think um, I think a lot of the running backs actually have the same skill sets. They're all kind of bigger bodied, but fast. They're like deceptively quick. Um, like Eric mentioned, there's no big battering ram, no 6'2", 235 pound running back. Um, I do think that there are some situations where like someone like Whittington or, or Irving or Seven McGee might come out of the backfield in the third down or long compared to, um, but I mean, Sean Dollars was an all-purpose back coming out of high school. I believe he was the number one or number two high school um, all-purpose back. So he's somebody who could pat, cast a patch as, or cast, catch a pass. There we go. As well. Um, I think this is just going to be a really fun room to watch. Um, for another thing that I'm most excited about heading into fall camp, um, watching Coach Lachlan on the sidelines. I'm just watching him coach. Um, I love that guy. He's, he's an animal. Um, his press conferences are really fun. Uh, he's a really larger than life kind of personality out there on the field. So, and he's, he's been just tremendous on the recruiting trail for Oregon. Um, I think he's exceeded a lot of people's expectations out there. Um, I think the running back room is in, is in really good hands with him. Um, I'm also interested to see this, how he's going to communicate with, with Lanning and, and, and with Kenny Dillingham about, you know, who's, who's the guy to, to go to in this scenario. Matt and I both found it, like, I think simultaneously. 2016 was the year where they didn't have a 1,000-yard rusher. Oh. There we go. Royce was, was close. That was, by the way, that was a terrible year in general, so I don't know if it counts. Oh, I yes. remember. <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting seeing this position group play out through fall camp. I think we've made it very abundantly clear that Byron Cardwell could be the starter, but it could be a bunch of different names that could pop up. And I think that's maybe one of the biggest questions going into fall camp on, on the offensive side of the ball, at least, is just where this position group goes because it's entirely new. It's going to be a new era of Oregon football. I think that's exciting. It, it's sad. Um, it, it's it's maybe a little scary if, if you're really digging into this of who's going to emerge because it's a, it's a program that's always had elite running backs and you're going to – find out who the next one is uh, and it's going to be someone from this this group of 11 scholarship and walk-on players at the running back position group it's a lot all right it's going to do it for us here on the Austin audibles podcast thank you for listening to the show we'll be back with another edition soon discussing the wide receivers in the tight end group talk to you later folks peace okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.